Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, is there a new big dog in the AFC? How will the Chiefs D fare against the elite quarterbacks this postseason? And should we finally trust the Chiefs pass rush? Special guests include Pete Sweeney at 11. Now two guys who, despite their best efforts, were forced to participate in the touchdown draft again this year. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Thank you, Nick. It is a Friday in Kansas City. Hope everybody's having a good start to the day. We had a little fun on the, the round table, the morning show, and our touchdown draft. What touchdown draft? You have I don't one player. Acknowledge you have one player? No, I don't. I'm so out. You need Again, I don't Eckler. have one player. I have no players. I'm so out. You, so you took off Eckler from everybody is what you're saying. Pretty so you much. Made it to, I tried to get him back. In fairness, I very carefully, like most people do, went over the rules as described to us for the player draft. And while I knew no quarterbacks were allowed mm-hmm. to be taken, unlike Correct. seemingly half of the rest of the league, mm-hmm. I did very carefully note that in nowhere in this draft did it two state picks, two picks. you could not have three players. Did you get two picks? It did not say you could not have three players. Look, this is what we probably call a gray area. So yeah. I, I, I thought two picks, two rounds, two picks. I had two picks, and I traded one of those picks for two more. No, I thought everybody, I should have three gets players. Two picks. Everybody gets two picks to start. Yes, no, two, it does not picks. specify that that's the end. So, you know, I guess I'm out. Good luck to Nick. I'm rooting for him now. Use that I, I just want to let I just want to let it be known since I'm not in the group chat anymore. Yeah, I don't get any details yes. about this sort of stuff, and it was not made clear to me that this was a money. Oh, you always draft. know these are always money. Well, I'm out. I'm not paying. I'm not out, but I'm not paying. <laughs> what do you mean you're not paying? <laughs> but if you win, are you expecting payment? No, I don't care. I'm not. I'm not playing for money though. Uh, the 610 Sports website will have the touchdown draft and all the selections eventually up there. Uh, we did it last year for the postseason. Cody won it last year, so I'm surprised he's not taking it seriously this year. He won it a year ago. I took it seriously. I made a very serious trade in order to try to text go back line, to back. Text line is correct. Two worst trades in history. The Broncos trading for Russell Wilson and Cody giving Nick his pick an attempt to cheat when he got caught. Jeez. He pulled a crybaby. You know, says, I'm standing, you know said, what? Screw you, guys. you know what? I'm standing in solidarity with Cody. You kind of quit. To. I quit too. You're both out. Put it on the you te- might want to notify everybody. Put it in the group chat. Gold. I'm out too. I'm I standing with Cody. I'm gonna send, I will send a a group text that says Cody and Nick are not part of it. They will not be paying their dues. I want it to. Be, I want to. Well, I want it to be known that I am doing this in an attempt to stand by my teammate. Thanks, Nick. I thought we made what was a fair trade. You were willing to take a chance. That whatever player you took second overall mm-hmm. was going to score so many touchdowns, you wouldn't even need another player. If he, if Cody goes, I go too. Okay. He picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl well, yesterday. I'll, he chose Stephon Diggs. I'll He's put his money where his mouth was. I'll let Rob know to have the, the both your names scrub from the uh, the, the graphic the and, uh, and the website. Uh, I don't even have a team. You should definitely scrub mine. I think that needs to be completely just completely removed. So we'll, we'll see how... How that ends up a little bit later on this show coming up at 11 o'clock. Pete Sweeney, our chief insider from Arrowhead Pride, going to join us. He was doing the draft via phone. He was on the phone for the draft. That seemed like the, a wise decision in hindsight. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I couldn't even see anybody's face. It was just like just Nick. I was in the little like side studio. <laughs> so it's a good bit. I'm glad we do it every year. It's not chaotic or anything. No, <laughs> not too many people. It's, on it's, the a, it's exactly what we expected it to be. A lot of chaos, a lot of arguing. 
everybody thinking they're the, the the comedian of the year. It's the normal kind of stuff. I do think it's funny. The quarterback one is hilarious to me because I was trying to take advantage of a rule that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And instead, Carrington was just trying to legitimately break a very clear rule of the few that we were given. Yeah, I think both were clear, but his certainly was very clear. No quarterbacks. <laughs> no quarterbacks. And yet, multiple people tried to draft him. So anyway... Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes throughout the postseason as well. Thinking of the postseason, we know we uh, are just about 24 hours, a little over 24 hours away from the first postseason game of the weekend getting underway. And everybody's expecting both Buffalo and Cincinnati to roll in their wild card matchups and set up a divisional round game where it's Cincinnati against Buffalo. Cincinnati, of course, uh, was able to beat Kansas City in the regular season. We'll never know until they play in the postseason whether or not Cincinnati is going to beat Buffalo or not. We only saw three possessions of the the matchup this year before that game was canceled. But Joe Mixon, he's very confident in his Cincinnati Bengals. And I stand on it. It's like we the big dogs of the AFC, and everybody knows that. They're gunning for us, but and we know we're going to get everybody best shot. But at the end of the day, if we're not turning the ball over and taking care of the little things, um, we can't be beat. So we just got to go ahead, and we're going to take everybody best shot, but they better be ready to take ours. I mean, whether it was the Bills, whether it's the Ravens, it could be bullet, bulletin board material for anybody. But, I mean, the facts is the facts. And when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, we know when we take the field, can't nobody touch us if we on our game. So we just got to go ahead, go out there and take care of business. It ain't no, no other way around it. The big dogs of the AFC, that's what Cincinnati is saying. Bold. Bold statement, considering you made it to what? One AFC title game and one Super Bowl in which you lost? By the way, notice that he's talking a lot of big words, but wouldn't mention the Chiefs in that quick statement. Well, I know why. Said, this is, you know, that could be bulletin board material for the Ravens or maybe bulletin board well, material for the Bills. Those are the teams they'd face that, in the next yeah, two rounds. So I, I, yeah, I know where he could have taken it one step further. Kansas City is another team he could have played. Yeah, he was talking about their next two opponents, right? I mean, so that's that's why he would. They wouldn't. I know, but taking it one ahead, step further yeah. is not crazy because when if you're having a conversation about the big dogs in the AFC, it starts and ends with the Chiefs. I understand Cincinnati should have the maximum amount of confidence you can have in beating the Chiefs because they have beaten them every time they faced them over the last calendar year and a half. They beat them in the AFC title game, et cetera. But just do resumes. Isn't the, no, wait a minute. Isn't the conversation over right there? No. If, the, if yes. one team has beaten you yes. three consecutive times, you don't have to put any caveats and say, well, you should give them more respect. Why? I'm Why should you. the Bengals have any That's, respect for the Chiefs? They've beaten them three straight times. They don't care what they did four years ago. Because being they don't the care dog, what they did three years ago. Joe Burrow was at LSU three years ago. Be, being the big dog doesn't count. That's not a one-season thing, man. You want to be the top team in your conference? That's not a one-season, oopsie, I won a game once conversation. The conversation is around, let's just include the entire time Joe Burrow's been in the NFL, which is three years. In those three years, the Bengals have made up two playoffs. They went to the Super Bowl once and they lost. In those same three years, the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl, have a win, and have, you know, like, end up into three straight AFC title games. Like, there's a different conversation around it. I'm just saying to kind of what Nick is going with, if you are the Chiefs or you're a Chiefs fan, this to me, you're not you're not the right team or fan base to be pushing back against Cincinnati on this right now. You've lost, you have lost three straight games and you've lost in the AFC title game to them. Like if you want to, if you want to be the Buffalo Bills, you want to push back a little bit. 
on that. I actually understand that a little bit more. Cincinnati hasn't beaten three. Beat, they haven't beat you three straight times. Uh, if you're at least if you're Cincinnati, you've won your division twice against Baltimore. So you have that. The last two years, you have won your division. Um, so I, I get why you won't like the comments necessarily. And if you're a Chiefs player, hopefully it gets back to you and you use that as motivation, whatever, right? I think there's enough motivation there. The fact that you've gotten beat by them three straight times. I don't even need Joe Mixon out there saying we're the big dogs to get the Chiefs motivated in terms of being competitors when that team has beat you in three consecutive matchups. So I, I got the, the comment doesn't bug me as much because in a way it is reality it, to, to this team. We, we talked about they are the Chiefs kryptonite right now. How do you win that? How do you shut them up? Well, either they're going to get bounced in the divisional round by Buffalo, and then obviously we can make fun of the comment, or the Chiefs are going to get another crack at them in the AFC title game. And that's what will really matter then. Like, here's the thing. Is that the Chiefs so very rarely get bulletin board material because teams are careful with them? Wisely so, I would say. One, we know how Mahomes handles bulletin board material uh, with vigor, right? So there's plenty of opportunities he takes in order to do this. And look, the motivation to beat Cincinnati was they beat you in the AFC title game, the regular season, and more than enough motivation. Yeah, how is this bulletin board material team? for the Chiefs? Like, how should the Chiefs feel disrespected by this? Because they, it's, it's to when me. When you lose three straight times, look, they, it's already set up. If they They're had good. more than one Super Bowl, it, it, then it would be even probably firmer in this category. But, I mean, just look at how it's gone. You have been the class of the AFC for coming up on a half a decade. You're the number one seed again. You've only ever been the number the one two seed. You've been you've got a chance this year to go to five straight AFC title games. You have a chance to go to your third Super Bowl. It's like you are at the top of the food. But this pyramid. is why we play the games. So like that's why the Bengals and the Chiefs played in the AFC championship game and the Chiefs didn't win. So to say that the Chiefs are still the class of the AFC, like the Bengals get that trump card. You can't take that away from them. And just say, yeah, but what about two years ago? It's like, no, they've played three times in the last calendar year or in the last 12-plus months, and the Bengals won all three of them. Like, they kind of get to say whatever they want. They can say whatever they want, but I think they're wrong. I don't (laughs) think that that they are the class of the AFC. I don't think that – to me, that conversation is not a one-year or an individual game matchup. Because if it's that, then the the Ravens can be, we're the same as you. They're 2-2 two and two against the Bengals over the last two seasons. And I understand it's different. They don't get to claim that because they haven't had the postseason success. Well, and also Cincinnati's won the division the last I two years. I don't think so. you get to say you're the class of anything unless you have a title. Let me just be, that, that's the, the drawing well, he didn't say that. Here. He didn't say he we're the class. He said we're, we're the big dogs. The big dogs of the AFC. And we think we can beat anybody when we don't make mistakes. Which, by the way, is probably what the Chiefs are saying as well. Because we all agree, if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, I do think the Chiefs are unbeatable this postseason. If Patrick Mahomes and the offense doesn't yeah. turn it over, the Chiefs aren't losing. The Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. If you tell me they go three straight games without turning the ball over, the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. So I don't, I don't really actually have that big of an issue with Mixon's comments. The minute that they beat the Chiefs for a third straight time, I said, look, you kind of have to take it right now until you go out and beat them. It's understood. That's, that's the card that they do have to play right now. Now, I think they're going to get bounced before they have a chance to play the Chiefs. I told you, I think the, the, the Cincinnati, if they were playing at home or a neutral site, I think they'd beat Buffalo. I, I just don't see them going into Buffalo in the divisional round. So I don't believe Cincinnati will be able to, to have an opportunity to, to beat the Chiefs for a fourth time. No, I, I well, and I don't know exactly. I mean, I think that game's kind of a coin flip, but you and I both think Buffalo are winning that game at this point. But it's so, do they have to beat Cincinnati to be the big dogs again? If the Chiefs win the Lamar Hunt trophy against the Bills, they don't get to be the big dogs anymore? No, that's not what Because they've lost four no. straight games against Cincinnati? No, because the Chiefs, if the Chiefs go and win the Super Bowl this year, then obviously they're the big dogs, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL. Yeah, but are they the big dogs in the AFC if they just win the Lamar Hunt Trophy? I feel like we're saying, we're, saying, we're saying big dogs too much. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> we don't say big dogs ever, and we're saying it a lot right now, and I think we need to talk about that. Are we going to address your hat? 
Yeah, if you're watching the video stream, if you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, you're wearing Nick, it. It, you would think you're that, inside. Yeah, it's inside. You would think we're outdoors doing the show okay. and it's five degrees outside. I'll address that. This looks um, like he's in the Revenant. You know, you guys know as well as I do that uh, these Are you these rooms that? in these rooms in this building mm-hmm. can fluctuate. Uh, drastically from day to day in terms of temperature. I think that's fair. And knowing that it was going to be like 28 degrees when we got to work today, I thought, and yesterday it was freezing cold in here. I'm like, it's going to be even colder on Friday. I thought, I better bring a hat. Also, am going to a child's birthday party after this, my nephew's birthday party. He loves it when I wear the hat. He likes to wear it. So I'm taking this with me, and also I just decided it was Friday, so let's have a little fun. So I've got a lot of compliments already. What time is this? Birthday? Josh Klingler loved it. What time is this birthday party? Uh, it starts at four. Wait, so you can't come to the beer release party? It's like seven tonight. How man, those, long is this party? Those six-year-old kids, man, they go. Those I parties. Like, I think it's like four. Oh, I think it's like four thirty to seven thirty. Oh, part, dude. You got plenty of time no, still to come. No, 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 no. I'm not driving. I'm not driving to Lawrence, then driving to North Kansas City, then driving home. That's too much driving. I mean, you're already night. driving this direction. I'm staying in Lawrence tonight. You are staying in I Lawrence. I am staying in Lawrence because uh, my brother-in-law has family in town. Gotcha. That yeah. makes a little bit more sense. Is that okay? Is, do you guys mind if I spend some time with my family tonight? I make I can more cancel. Sense. I can cancel. I, like to I can abandon thing. my family you know, if you guys want. Thing. I kind of thought of us as family. <laughs> well, okay. you're abandoning us. You're okay, other so this family. is actually rich because <laughs> I started the show. I started the show by standing by you, Cody. By, by announcing that I was <laughs> forfeiting the touchdown draft in an act of solidarity and here for we you. Are 15 minutes later. And you're ready to throw me under the bus. I just you don't I remember what happened 15 family. minutes ago? We could stay together in multiple ways. I just think that we're also family. How many ways? You just essentially said we're How many ways family? would you like us to be aligned? <laughs> in all of the ways? <laughs> I'm not your companion, okay? You have a wife for that. Okay. I like the hat, for the record. Thank it's you. It's a bit absurd, but I... It's it definitely is absurd, but so, I bet you it's really warm. It's very warm, and it's very comfortable. It's it's uh, 100% rabbit, so come at me, PETA. I was going to say, we're <laughs> going to... Can we ta- can, The next time you send out the stream link, please tag PETA in it. Please tag him. I will. And Did that rabbit die of natural causes, or... No, think I think it was, it was killed. I think it was murdered. Um, <laughs> I think it was murdered somewhere in, in uh, Germany. But you know what? It's... You know, think about the value that rabbit is bringing in the afterlife to me personally. How many euros that run you? 60. Oh, okay. So 60 bucks, basically. It's a pretty close conversion. Yeah, it's a very close conversion. And I was a little uh, sideways when I I bought it. (laughs) You're going to get dollar per wear. All you're going to do is rock that thing 60 bucks. Oh, dude, I wore it every single day over there because it was freezing cold. So, And over there, you probably weren't alone, right? I was pretty much alone. You still were. Yeah, there was one. I saw two guys. Uh, I believe they were a couple. They said they were from Birmingham, Alabama, and I was walking through a market, and they were decked out. They had full down coats, hats, gloves, scarves, and the guy said it was all beaver pelt. Moisture wicking, probably. Thanks for that. Is that a thing? Yeah, so like animal have like a natural tendency for that. So yes, Mm -hmm. that is an actual thing. Beavers? What do you think? They're not water resistant? Beavers? I don't know. It was just a weird comment for you to make. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm fine with it. What else do you can you tell us about beeves? Okay. That's it. Let's move on to something. You don't else. have any other facts? Nope. No more fun facts for the beginning of the show. Let's talk about this Chiefs defense then, huh? Can we can we do that a little bit? Sure. Uh, heading into the postseason because you asked me the question even, can we trust the Chiefs defense against elite quarterbacks? And 
while we can look at how well they've fared and rushing the passer, you take a look, though, at Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert in particular. Now, Justin Herbert, even though he's 0-2 against the Chiefs this year, it's not as if Justin Herbert had poor performances against the Kansas City Chiefs. That has been actually quite the opposite uh, so far this season, and there's a chance we could see them face off for a third straight time coming up. Uh, He's good just, for like 300 yards and three yeah. touchdowns a game against Kansas City, although he does have a couple of interceptions, one of which was a devastating interception. Do we not count that towards it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, if you want to, the crucial mistake, I mean, in the, in the game in September at Arrowhead, right, you got hurt, gutted it out, 334, three touchdowns and a pick, and yeah, the pick six to uh, Jalen Watson was huge and swung the entire game and essentially was a game winner. Then the rematch in November, 280, two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, I would say pretty damn good performances for the most part from Justin Herbert against Kansas City. I would say it's without cons- Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and, and both of those contests together at the same time. It is it is very concerning. Justin Herbert's got five touchdowns to two picks and 600 yards in the two games against you this year. Josh Allen went for 329 and three touchdowns and no picks against you this year. And we know what he did in the AFC title game against you last year. He was nearly perfect. And Joe Burrow went for 280 and two touchdowns and no picks against you. So for like of all the stuff where they've played a lot better here lately, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm a little worried about their ability to guard against elite level quarterback play. Now, maybe, maybe 200 yards and two touchdowns and no picks is an average walk in the day game for Joe Burrow against any defense, right? He certainly has more than his fair share of games, just like that across the board. But there are teams who do a better job holding down elite quarterbacks than the Chiefs. My thing in the, the big question, even though you saw promising signs against the Raiders to feel good uh, about the defense, and I think we, we saw a glimpse of maybe they're peaking at the right time, but look at the final five games and the quarterbacks the Chiefs faced. You know, it was Russell Wilson. This is 2022 Russell Wilson. Davis Mills slash Jeff Driscoll. Geno Smith, who is not playing as well as he was the first eight weeks of the season. He's more like average Geno Smith. Russell Wilson again, and backup quarterback Jared Stidham. So five weeks in a row, they haven't played a playoff quarterback. They haven't played an even decent uh, I guess, quarterback. Okay, I guess they played a playoff quarterback in Seattle, Geno Smith. Okay, But playing um, it is worse yeah. of the season, which I think we can yeah. both recognize. That's my only hesitation when we, when we discuss how the defense has played in the final five games compared to the few weeks before. So understanding the quality of quarterback that they've been going up against. Like, I would hope they have been as effective as they have been the last five weeks. Like, I tried to look through just like a normal game log for all of those quarterbacks, right? And again, there are more than enough examples of, you know, against the Titans, he went for four touchdowns and 317 yards. Josh Allen, 400 yards and two touchdowns against Miami. But if you sprinkle it through, man, there are games where he struggles against the Packers or Ravens or Browns or Lions where he throws picks, he goes below his league average for passing touchdowns, whatever it is, something holds him back. And then when you look at every single game this year, the total numbers of passing, it's like 10 touchdowns to two interceptions and 300 yards a game, okay? That's pretty much what you're looking at against those three quarterbacks, the ones we actually fear. Because it's funny, every time we have these conversations about what are they going to do against whoever, the, the argument is always like, well, the only people I really care about, in a way, right, are what Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. Now we could include Trevor Lawrence in this conversation who had 259 yards, two touchdowns and no picks and completed 70% of his passes against the chiefs. But that's a pretty standard Trevor Lawrence stat line. I would say they held him to around his average. They didn't just get blitz by him. They didn't turn him over. But they didn't turn a lot of teams over. 
I think it's a more than fair concern to say as good as the defense has been this year, and they've been around league average, which is all we're asking for in the league's best offense. We've said that for years and stand by it. But that in a playoff game, they're going to get beat. And I think probably part of it, Gold, is because they're just going to have to outscore somebody. Over the last two years, that's been the case. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen have had really good games against them over the last two years, last three years, whatever. Those guys yeah. keep putting up numbers. And maybe that's just because they're great quarterbacks, but you're not going to, like, fool one of them once? Yeah, coming up in 10 minutes, we'll talk about getting to them as well and how that's factoring in, I think, to this equation as well. And you mentioned AFC quarterbacks and the path to get there. We know the top three, I think, is pretty obvious. The top three quarterbacks in the AFC. I don't think we need to spend too much time. I think we would all rank them one, two, three. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, or Josh. You know, you can flip two and three, but Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, or Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. After that, though, how, how do you how do you do this thing up? Because Herbert It'd be and way Lawrence, more interesting if Lamar Jackson and Tua, Tua were playing. Tua would still be the worst. Because we know, obviously, Skylar Thompson, with, you know, I understand he's a local kid, but he's the worst AFC quarterback in this postseason. Yeah. Um, unless Anthony Brown starts, by the way. Then, actually, I think Anthony Brown is worse than Skylar Thompson. So, it's really, do Thompson. you think Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? I mean, it's, it's yeah. are you going to start a franchise with one of those two? Who would you rather face in the next round? Because... That's the way it ranks right now. And I'm curious to see if any of these guys, because if Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert go on a run, then they're going to start entering this conversation with the way you just placed the three. The way you just said, Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen, we all agree. Everyone knows it's those three. So is it, can Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence go on a run that includes a conversation that says, well, we know the top four are this. Because when you start getting there, it gets complicated. If Jacksonville beats Herbert and the Chargers, which I think is a very real possibility this weekend, and they were to pull off an upset, of course, against the Chiefs, and maybe even before an upset is needed then. He's immediately going to be in this conversation. Next, well, next year, I will say Trevor Lawrence will be one of the most popular MVP picks out there heading into next season, right? And the same can be said if Justin Herbert beats the Jags, and then if they, they were to the go Chiefs. and beat the Chiefs, Justin Herbert will be one of the top three favorites to win MVP next year. I mean, that's just how this usually goes. Um, right now, Herbert, Allen, Burrow, Lawrence, all those guys – other than Burrow going to the Super Bowl, right? All the other guys have really done the same thing. Like, I think Josh Allen is better, but he hasn't won an MVP. He's only been to an AFC title game, and he's never won Correct. an MVP. You know, and so there's, a, you know, that that's the big separation, the of course. The difference is Lawrence and Herbert have never been to the postseason. Correct. This is their first chance of even being but in a game. But they have a chance to do more. I mean, they have a chance to be do just as much as Josh Allen has done, potentially. By winning two games. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and it would be against Kansas, you know, most likely against Kansas City as well. The difference, you know, what's weird is like last year, I know that the Bills lost in the divisional round, but it's hard for me to put that on Josh Allen. He was perfect. He was perfect against the Chiefs. He executed an absolutely perfect game. He just lost to the other guy who was also perfect. Like that's such a tough mm-hmm. spot to start putting a ding in there. So it felt like Josh Allen was supposed to be in two AFC title games and instead wasn't because he lost a perfect matchup against there. That's, you know what it is? Sometimes I look back, and I don't think it's a fluke that Cincinnati went to the the postseason, but this is why I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl this year. In retrospect now, the Bengals got lucky because they got what the Chiefs got last year, which is not having to play both Buffalo and Kansas City. I feel like the strategy going forward in the AFC might very simply be avoid that. I don't care how the seedings are going. Avoid having to play both the two of the other three, right? If you're if you're Buffalo, avoid having to play Kansas City and Cincinnati. If you're, you know, Kansas City, avoid having to play Buffalo and Cincinnati. You know, like just avoid having to play both. 
might be as good of a playoff strategy as you can get. Most of the time, the easiest way to do that is going to be the number one seed. I was going to say, I mean, that really what you're saying is get the number one seed so but you don't have be, to play the, the two best teams after that. There'll be years where, like, Buffalo ends up a five or Cincinnati ends up a five or, you know, someone ends up a four. So, like, maybe there's a possibility you would – the one seed would actually play the four-seeded Cincinnati Bengals. That almost could happen this season, right? We were kind of close to that possibility, depending on if Cincinnati would have lost to Buffalo in the game that was never played too. So it's like, if that had happened, being the one seed would have actually been worse. If Cincinnati had lost, being the one seed would have been worse. Because then in the second round as the one seed, you'd have had to face Cincinnati. And then if you had won that game, then you'd have to go and face the other one. That's a bad strategy. Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument there, if Cincinnati was the four seed, they'd be playing the Chargers in the opening round. And we'd be talking about the Chargers upsetting Cincinnati right away. I'll still take Herbert for what it's worth, by the way, for ranking him out. Because I do think that he's still, I think he's just as talented, if not more, than Trevor Lawrence. And from a counting stats perspective, he's put up more of them in the NFL to this point. So I guess I just have to give him the nod. I do think Trevor Lawrence has a better coaching situation. So that that's why I might pick the game differently. But if you're making me rank the quarterbacks, yeah. I'd still take Justin Herbert. I remember last year we were deciding between Burrow and Herbert. Yeah. And now that conversation has to die because Burrow went to a Super Bowl and has had another tremendous season. Coming up next, the Chiefs are number two in this particular category. But there's one big question I have. I think we all have to address and realize when it comes to who they're going to face. I'll tell you what it is next. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football <laughs> tweets first Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Back here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwert with you. We'll get to Nick's little notes coming up in about 15 minutes or so. When did this song come out? 99 or 02? Um, like I feel like it's one of those two years. Something like that. It's such specific that you had two specific well, that, years. Do you guys disagree? It's right around that time frame, right? No, that sounds about right. Yeah. It came out in 2000. 2000. That song absolutely ripped. Took the world oh, by storm. Hell yeah, it did. The Baja Men. Absolutely. You still like it? I had that album on CD. You owned the Baja Men album? Oh, he wasn't alone. Dude, that was such a... You own the album? I'm I mean, sure it was the number one selling album when that song had- came out. Had to have been. I mean, that was, we all, I mean, that was the song at that time. I know, but I'm just having a hard time imagining that people like bought the album versus. I would bet you any amount of money that they won. Yeah, they let, they won a Grammy for that song. They won a Grammy for Who Let the Dogs Out? Sold over 3 million copies. Certified triple platinum. (laughs) (laughs) You guys definitely weren't alone then. Never mind. You guys were. Sounds like their elementary school theme song. They were the Bulldogs, their elementary school. So that's what they use as their theme song. It won the Grammy for best dance recording in 2001. Oh, so not for the song part. Best dance recording. (laughs) Still a Grammy. Is that a category? I didn't even. There was then. There was then. Fair enough. The Baja Men, Grammy winners. Put some respect on the Baja Men, man. (laughs) I take it all back, man. I didn't realize they won a Grammy for it. So I, I think. If we're looking at uh, the, the Chiefs in this path and where they're at, and specifically defensively, we were talking about the AFC quarterbacks a second ago. But if I would have told you beginning of the season the Chiefs were second 
in the NFL in pass rush. <laughs> you, I, first, I would have been stunned by you that You would have said, we're crazy. You also would have been like, well, wow, they're for sure winning the Super Bowl. Like, dominant defense. The problem with it, despite having 55 sacks, which is... Second in the NFL, I yeah. think is the second most in franchise history. Something like that. Josh Allen couldn't sack him. Jill Burrow, they got one sack. And that was kind of a gimme sack, if you recall how that went down. And Trevor Lawrence, not like they sacked him a whole lot in that Jags game. They did sack Justin Herbert five times in the last meeting. But that's the thing. 55 sacks, second in sacks in the league. Can't take that away from the Chiefs. But it sounds like what you're doing is not wanting to put them in the category with, let's let's leave the Eagles out of this conversation for a minute because okay. they finished so far ahead of everyone. They're clearly, this is the, they're the Mahomes tier, right? Let's not have a conversation okay. about the Eagles. They're in a little category all by themselves. But it sounds like you don't want to include them with the Cowboys or the Patriots or the Ravens, who are teams who finish yep. right there in the same category. Not defensively, I don't. Not defensively, I don't. Um, because I, I need to see them do it against the elite quarterbacks. And we know for the Chiefs to get to Super Bowl, what? They're going to probably have to play Allen or Burrow. We all feel pretty confident in, in saying that. Is your issue just because the points per game stuff? We've had a long conversation yeah. about this. Because all those teams I just mentioned, Baltimore is the third best in the league. Uh, Dallas is the fifth best in the league. Like those teams that I mentioned, the other teams who get sacks, they are better in a points per game category than Kansas City. It's that, but also, Cody, I need to, especially because of what occurred in the AFC title game last year, and we all agreed if they got one sack of Burrow, they'd probably go to the Super Bowl, and we all think yeah. they would have beat the Rams. So that that's, I think that's the, that's the challenge is, yes, do I feel better that they can maybe do it this postseason because they are second in the league in sacks for, compared to last year? Sure. But against the quarterbacks that I think we all agree they're going to have to beat, they might have to go Herbert and then Burrow or Allen to get to the Super Bowl. Very likely. Very likely. Maybe Lawrence because I think the Jags are going to beat the Chargers. Um, they can't sack those guys. They haven't shown they can, at least. Let me put it that way. They haven't shown they can. And that's I, concerning to me. I don't think you can beat Josh Allen if you don't sack him in the AFC title game. I don't think the Chiefs win an AFC title game with no sacks on Josh Allen. I don't think the Chiefs win an AFC title game with no sacks on Joe Burrow. That's all I'm getting at. And, and they haven't been able to get those sacks. That's concerning. I understand... Against those guys, they've been able to do it. And by the way, they sacked um, Trevor Lawrence a ton in that game. Um, one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half. They sacked him five times. So they sacked Trevor Lawrence a ton too. So really, this the way you're describing this conversation comes down to a lot of things we talk about. The Chiefs and the way that they've played this year. And the confidence ranking or Super Bowl vibes, as Nick had said. The only legitimate reason for why not being as high on the Chiefs in every category is because how do they do that against Buffalo and Cincinnati? How do they do in those games in those categories? Because to me, they deserve their rightful place and conversation amongst everyone that is in Philadelphia as one of the best pass rush teams in the NFL. Notice I did not say one of the best defenses because points per game do matter and teams do still get some points in them, largely because they are a horrid red zone defense. That's where their problems lie. Their problems do not lie in getting to the quarterback or stopping drives or doing those things, which is where their problems lied last year. Yeah. Their problems rely inside the 20. To me, they're not going to lose a game because they didn't get enough pressure on Josh Allen this year. I don't think that that's how they end up losing an NFL playoff game. I think they lose it because they can't keep a team to a field goal once. Like I'm way more worried about that 
for the Chiefs than their ability I mean, to get you, sacks. I, they get sacks, man, and they get lots of them. They get, they they get, get from 16 they, different they, players, and they get from Chris Jones a lot, and Carl Loftus has stepped up, et cetera. Again, the conversation we're having is about confidence and faith in, in getting sacks and, and this defense overall, not whether or not we think they can win the Super Bowl. That's a, To me, that's a completely different conversation. Um, what you said is right. They get sacks. They finish second in the league in sacks. The prior segment, we just got done talking about their last five games against a bad Broncos team twice in Russell Wilson, against Geno Smith in Seattle, against Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll, and against Jared Stidham. So, yeah, I, I'm sorry for not taking as much stock in the last six, last five opponents in terms of racking up huge sack numbers. Because that's they what did. you're supposed to do against bad teams, you know? Fine. We've had these conversations in the middle of the year. What's the difference versus the end? Yeah, I'm just you're, – you're asking, you're asking me to not look at – what they've done against elite quarterbacks, getting to the quarterback and getting sacks. That's all you're going to face in the postseason. It's concerning to me. That's all I'm saying. I still have the Chiefs going and winning the Super Bowl. But it's but not against que- every elite question, quarterback. It's just against is, the two that we care about. Correct. The two that we all think they're going to have to go through, right? Uh, one of the two. Burrow, that we have to go boy, through. They've got yeah. Herbert plenty, and yeah. they got to Trevor Lawrence a ton. So yeah. that's not an issue. Five sacks against Herbert in November. So that's not, that's not the problem at all. Um, but I just know in the AFC title game last year, one of the big topics coming out of that game was – all they needed to do was get one sack, and they didn't do it. And so you're right that in the red zone, defense is concerning. But those go hand-in-hand hand to me. If you're going to tell me that, like, hey, man, they don't, they don't stop anybody in the red zone. They're giving up touchdowns more than any other team in football. That's true. What's one way to hold, hold a team to a field goal instead of touchdown? Get, get a second-down sack that leads to a third-and-17 instead of a third-and-four, you know, or third-and-seven. So that, to me, it does go hand-in-hand. Hand. That's all. And I hope, I hope that they prove me wrong on – what they did in the regular season against Joe Burrow and Allen, which was no sacks, essentially. I hope we're talking about an AFC title game where they sack Josh Allen three times, where they sack Joe Burrow three times. Because they do that, you got to be feeling great. They're going to win those games. I All I need, it's, it's funny, because like, I'm not even asking for three or four, because it is harder to sack those guys. Harder to sack Joe Burrow, how to sack Josh Allen. They don't get, yeah, Burrow's nah, great Burrow at maybe it. not quite as much. Burrow's great at it, though. Um Burrow's yeah. great at great at avoiding pressure, even though his offensive line has had issues. Yeah, and he takes some sacks that he's fine with. So like those sacks don't feel like the weight. A lot of this for me is not how many sacks can they accrue in the game. It's if it's late, can you get one? Chris Jones has been a closer. Nine of his sacks are in the fourth quarter this year. Like I'm the advanced numbers tell me that there's a pretty good chance. The chiefs can still get that number. Like I just feel like that they if I trust them way more than I have in years to get a sack when it's needed, like to get that, I, I I feel differently about them. I'm really trying not to lump in last year's sack because if I try to aggregate the two, it's last year and this year, and let's take the average, then they still stink because last year's pass rush was awful. It was bad the whole damn year. They finally got pressure mm-hmm. on what was one of the worst offensive lines in football and couldn't close a damn sack. But this year has been totally different, partially because – Dunlap has played really well and has been an excellent addition. Karloftis would have been their second-best pass rusher last year. Is certainly their second-best pass rusher this year. Dana has had a better year this year than last year. They are better in at least three or four areas from last year's pass rush team. They're not the same. They're very different. I actually trust them to get sacks. I don't think they're the perfect defense. They obviously still give up in a lot of areas, like give up stuff in a lot of areas, not give up, like quit. They still give up a lot of stuff in different areas, but they do still get and consistently get and have big sack games. I feel like that's something you can actually count on this year. What about the future with where the Chiefs are positioned, though, as well, right? What about the future? Because we heard the audio from Mike Gidetti of Spot Track uh, yesterday talking about 
what it would look like to take care of Chris Jones on an extension, right? Four years, $120 million is the estimate uh, that he has right now for Chris Jones. And if you take a look at where the Chiefs are positioned in the offseason, and there's this this composite score and nerdy stuff that look at it really just like what are the three things you care about in the NFL this is probably the easy way to do it cap space draft capital and how much money you could get rid of if you needed to get rid of it for bad players right that's those are those are what would you call those the three pillars probably of any NFL offseason can you get rid of bad players or bad contracts do you have draft capital and do you have money right that's what pro football focus did Sure, keep going. Yeah, keep going. No, you were calling it nerdy <laughs> stuff. I was defending it. Okay. No, go for it. Start it out. You, you, you go for it. The good news yeah, is. Yeah, do it, dweeb. Okay, don't call me a dweeb. That's not nice. Well, Gold basically said it. <laughs> I did not say that. The good news in all of this is that as you, I think you were getting ready to say, the Chiefs are in great positioning. Better than just about anyone else in the AFC. Outside of just simply put the bad teams. Like, if you're looking at what this is. The way I view it is who is in the best position moving forward and because of the last two drafts of the Chiefs and because they were willing to let go of Tyreek Hill and because they can walk on contracts like Orlando Brown Jr. or whoever they want, they have as much flexibility as any play. They have more flexibility than any playoff team in the NFL. They are better positioned than any other good football team outside of maybe the Lions, if you're counting them as a good one, or the Giants. And those teams have serious questions about whether or not they can continue to co- the same road with their quarterback. So to have Patrick Mahomes and to feel like they're in that position, Chiefs fans should feel better than any NFL franchise going into the next two years based on where they are positioned. I mean, I think this was part of their approach this past offseason. They set themselves up to hopefully, you know, in a, in a way, kind of reset where they're at position cap-wise because I think they were in a little bit of territory where they were starting to be a little upside down in their cap situation. And now they put themselves to where I think they're going to have a chance. Maybe it's not this offseason because they've got multiple guys in-house they're going to have to try to take care of. But I think if we look forward with the cap, who's going to continue to rise in a year or so, they'll be back into, I believe, the big player market, if you will, of free agency. As in that you think they can spend $100 million on a player? Is yeah, that what you I mean? mean? Look, they're going to have to potentially do that either for you know Chris Jones or Orlando Brown, whatever they end up doing with those two players this offseason, and then some smaller, quote-unquote, smaller deals for guys like Snead if they choose to do so. Uh, eventually, we're only, you know, we're a year away next offseason from talking about what something looks like for a Creed Humphrey, for a Nick Bolton. I mean, we're only a year, we're about a year out from that kind of conversation coming up. Yeah, um, after next year yeah, is probably when yeah. you talk to Creed because he'd be going into the final year of yeah, the deal. So a year, yeah, we're over a year out. Um, but to me, because of some of the cap decisions they've made in the last six to ten months, they are in a spot to where they can once again, I think, in a year be a big player in the free agency market versus some of these other teams that, of course, went all in as they had to. It's easier when you have the ring already in your back pocket like the Chiefs did to approach that way. Whereas if you're Buffalo, you're you're willing to go with more the Rams mentality of risk it all because you're just trying to – this is your year, right? This is your year. You're trying to get it right now. You don't have it yet. You're able to take the longer-term approach when you're Brett Veach and the Chiefs because you did get that ring when you had an opportunity to get it. I think this is why I take this score kind of seriously is it follows your eye test for where teams are. So if you look at the teams who are in the worst positioning going into next year, it includes third to last, the Bills, dead last, Miami, fourth to last, the Vikings, sixth to last, the Chargers. I'm like, yeah, this tracks. 
These are all the teams who tried to sell their soul to get into better playoff positioning this year. And a lot of those teams selling their souls specifically to do it against Kansas City. Like when the Chargers went out and spent all that money on J.C. Jackson or spent all that money on Mac or Miami, traded for Tyreek Hill or traded for Bradley Chubb or, you know, and they're going to have to pay Jalen Waddell. They still don't know their quarterback situation. The Chiefs have outmaneuvered every other AFC team right now. The only team that's even close to them, by the way, in the composite score ranking is Cincinnati. And I think the only reason that they're in that positioning is because they haven't had to pay anybody yet. All of their stars are on rookie deals. The only guy they paid is what, Joe Mixon? They haven't paid T. Higgins. They haven't paid Jamar Chase. They haven't paid Joe Burrow. They haven't had to pay anyone. Once Cincinnati's bill comes due, they'll be in a much different position. They'll be having to take very different conversations about the kind of players they can and cannot go after or which guys they can all bring back. But everyone else in the AFC who went for it is at the bottom of this damn list. And the Chiefs are right there hovering near the top 10, and they're still the number one seed in the NFL playoffs. They, yeah, like, the Super Bowl this is a Brett Veach right appreciation Absolutely. conversation, I guess, in its own way. But no question. whether it's him or Brant Tillis, whoever's doing it, between draft assets and just straight cap space, because they have 10 picks next year, they have all of their normal picks, plus all the extra late one rounds, but they have you know a first, a second, a third, a fourth. They haven't had to give up any of those things. They're positioned to do whatever they want next offseason. You're saying it might take two years? I think they could spend $100 million on a free agent player next year. If they decided to walk on one of theirs and bring somebody else in, I don't yeah, think they could pay Chris Jones correct. and sign a yep. $100 million player. But if they wanted to be the, the the big player for DeAndre Hopkins, like we said, and to give him an extension, they can choose to yeah. do that. If they they can hard pass, but yes, no, I, get what I know. You're saying. But yeah. I, all I'm pointing out is they there are no limitations for what they can target this offseason. They they have unlimited choice in what they can go after, which is Crazy positioning for a team who is winning as much as they do. They need that flexibility, though, too, right? Because they only have 30-some-odd players under contract next year, and potentially you could make a case they could have a new left tackle and right tackle next year. Two pretty damn important positions on the team. So, yes, they have flexibility, but but they're going to have to use it. All right, let's get to Nick's notes. Nick's notable notes. All right, guys, you know what time it is. No. We never got to it yesterday, did we? I don't know what time it is. Super Wild Card Weekend is here. Nick only recently learned <laughs> it's called Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, Cody said it's it was super. super he said super. it was Super Wild Card Weekend, and I thought he was just adding the super no, on there to make it, it more super, exciting. Man. I didn't know that was an actual thing. That's a branding thing. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, uh, a lot of people are betting. A lot of people on these sports gambling streets. So I thought it would be fun <laughs> to go through each of these games, do a quick. Prop bet selection. I'm going to give you guys two options. You guys tell me which one you like more. And for the sake of ease of this conversation, we all know nobody likes betting unders. It's not fun to watch football game and hope that this guy doesn't get touches or doesn't have success. So since we have no dog in the fight in any of these games, only overs. So I'm going to give you two options and you tell me which one you like the over on more. Okay. Okay. Gold's already rolling his eyes. Listen, I'm flipping the gambling you should honestly, you could steal this and put it on that betting show if you want to. Or Nick will come on next. Yeah, Thursday. actually, I'll just be there. I'll just let's go ahead and lock that in. Seven fifteen. No, one of my, one next of my Thursday. favorite parlays this weekend involves a couple unders right. for Geno Smith and Brock Purdy. All right, well, so let's uh, let's get to it then. First game: 49ers Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Would you rather take the over on Christian McCaffrey seventy four and a half rushing yards or Geno Smith two hundred and twenty four passing yards? 
I'll take I'll take Christian McCaffrey. I'd rather have that over. Yeah, I, I would rather. He just said he'd rather have Geno's under. I, so. I mean, I literally have a parlay with Geno under 227 and a half <laughs> passing and Elijah Mitchell over 38 and a half rushing yards, meaning I I like the under for McCaffrey and the under for Geno. Well, you got to choose one. Yeah, Which one do you like one. better? I would, lean, I would lean towards McCaffrey. It's going to be rainy and windy. I think the Niners are going to run the ball. Geno Smith was held, I believe, 50 yards below his season average in the two games he played against the 49ers yeah. this year. In and terms of weather. And he's thrown under 224 in each of his last three games. Uh, Chargers Jaguars. Would you rather take over on one and a half passing touchdowns for Justin Herbert or over 0.5 interceptions for Trevor Lawrence? I'll take the interceptions because the way the Chargers are winning right now is not through the air. This game to me feels like it's 17-14. Maybe I'm way off and they're getting ready to have a shootout between two of the young, the good young quarterbacks in the NFL. But every single Chargers game <laughs> That's the first has time. been 17-14. Hold on, hold on. That's the first time I've seen one of you guys hit the microphone with your face. No, it wasn't. It has a headset. headset. Oh, it wasn't me. That was your cheek. That was a headset. That was the earmuff. Good thing you're wearing protection, man. I'll take I always the, wear it. I'll take the over half uh, Lawrence interception. What about you, Gold? I'll take the over for Justin Herbert passing touchdowns. Uh, even though I, I do like the Jags in this game, but I do think there'll be a little more scoring than everybody believes. All right, Dolphins, Bills, two superstar wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Stephon Diggs over under in receiving yards, 79 and a half. Tyreek Hill at 61 and a half. I'll take the 61 and a half, even with Skylar Thompson. All it takes with Tyreek is just one mistake well, by the defense. they're going to force feed him the ball, right? Yes, because yeah, that's the only way to be... win. Give Tyreek Hill the ball as many times as possible. That's your best strategy. So him, I'll take him. I'll go I'll go Diggs. Uh, Tyreek is the opposite of all of these. 20, 23 yards and 55 yards his last two times out uh, against New England and the Jets. I just don't see it against Buffalo even in his last meeting. Only had 69 yards. I've seen Tyreek in a postseason. So, um, I'll take a chance. I, I feel like Ty- they're going to throw him the ball I 17 think, times. I think Tyreek gets the ball, but remember, they also will mix it up. They'll put him in the backfield. They'll hand it off to him. They'll yeah. do jet sweep. So I think he gets yardage, but I don't. I don't believe it's the Bills are. I don't believe the Bills are going to allow Tyreek Hill to, to beat them in that form either. I think like Jalen Waddle actually might be the receiver that has the biggest day for the Dolphins. All right, Giants Vikings. We're going to switch it up here. We're going to do an anytime touchdown. I'll give you three options. Tell me which one you like the best. Right. Saquon Barkley at minus 120, Justin Jefferson at plus 110, or TJ Hawkinson at plus 230. The difference between their offense and TJ Hawkinson came in, I like the odds. I think I would just take Justin Jefferson at the sure thing with the plus money versus go the minus money, but it would probably be him or Hawkinson. I think I'd take a Viking. Yeah, I'll take TJ Hawkinson with that kind of value. Uh, he's been a nice red zone target for Kirk Cousins and company. Yeah, if I can get it at a two to one odds, roughly almost three to one odds, I'll go TJ Hawkinson. Odd that, that Jeff Jefferson with the season that he had. Yeah. And, the, and like he's six one. He's not a small yeah. guy. Only, Only eight, eight touchdowns. Yeah, not a ton of touchdowns. And 128 receptions this year. All right, two more games left. Uh, Ravens Bengals. Do you like Joe Mixon over under? 57 and a half rushing yards or Tyler Boyd, 35 and a half receiving yards. Can't make any props on the Ravens right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go over on Joe Mixon. Now the big dogs of the AFC. Big he's dog of the AFC. Is he the big dog of the big dogs? I think he's the big dog of the backfield. Uh-huh. Yeah, not some AJP. Right. He's a little lighter in the wallet. He got fined for that. When coin you guys flip. were well kids, when you guys were kids, did you ever wear rock the big dog clothing? I didn't, but no. I knew no, so. You know what I'm talking about, though, yes. right? I did not rock the big dog clothing. I didn't either, but I always thought it was weird. I didn't want to. Like, same thing with the life is good but stuff. But I did. But, I, di- but I did wear uh, several no fear t-shirts. Okay, so. well, that's not cool. No, I wasn't saying it was cool. I was just saying of the era of those types of I shirts. I was an and one guy. 
Oh, and you know, be like the guy. Of course, like, you and your me, diamond, your one yeah. diamond earring. No, this is like <laughs> junior. This is like junior high or like grade school. You know, like I'll, let me tell you about that one time I missed a shot. Those were cool. All right, last game: Cowboys versus Buccaneers. Uh, this is my favorite one. Tony Pollard, forty-five and a half rushing yards, or Tom Brady, zero point five rushing yards. God, does he get a single? He's got to get I'll one go over QB sneak or something, and yeah, I'll go over on the rushing yards. I'll take Brady too. That would be excruciating to sit there all game and watch. Just waiting for a third and inches. One yard. Because you really are hoping for is third or fourth and inches. You're just praying for that. Which, by the way, is there's a good chance that happens. And also, the reason why I think you would go over, not under on that is the only way the under would play is if he got the one yard, but they were in victory formation. And some Brady's good though about Ooh, that could it. also cost Brady, you. You could get it in the QB sneak and lose it in the kneel. Brady's good about taking the knee, but he like goes forward with it. So he doesn't lose a yard, but also he does it on get, purpose. I think so. Yeah. 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 But also I don't think the bucks are winning, so they're not going to be in victory formation. Is there a stat that tracks how many kneels people have had this year? I'm sure there is. Or QB sneak. Sure. I'll, I'll let you do the research on it. I'm, I'm, would you? I'm sure it sure it exists. Gold, as the gambling expert, would you recommend people take out a second mortgage on their home and bet it all on Brady's over rushing yards? I, I would not. No, no. God, what a stress. I would not. That would be one of the most stressful bets of all time. Unless he just broke off some 20 yard run, which seems pretty unlikely. I think. I think that's. Can we get odds on that? Brady rip, ripping off a 20-yard run, and I want that exact verbiage. It has to say ripping. Someone says, uh, don't forget, don't forget, sacks take away yards. It does not for the personal passing or rushing stats. It does not work that way. I want you to know that he has gone over that half a yard 14 games this year to 17. So, Oh, dude, that's the lock of the weekend. Then you should probably be betting it. He has two, three, one, three, two, one, 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 six. One, you know one, what? Lock, one, two, two, two. lock that in as the short sprinkle of the week. That's the sprinkle? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Included in all your parlays. Our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks. Each drink scenic views. Coming up next, we'll get right back into the Chiefs with our Chiefs insider, Pete Sweeney. Uh, controversy during the player draft that we did. Uh, he had the number one overall pick, and we'll ask him about the DeAndre Hopkins talk. Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, GAN Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com.